Inspired leadership, it's a passion to make a difference. Make a difference to the people that immediately surround you. And I would argue to make a difference to the world. Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Hey there, and welcome back to the Inspiring Leaders podcast. I'm your host and executive coach, Terry Lepofsky, and it's great to be back here in your ear, so to speak. Well, we've got a cool show lined up for you today, a real gift for your mind. Our theme for this week is innovation and people. Imagine for just a minute that you've been promoted. One of the reasons you got the nod for this new executive position is that your organization has been running on a legacy system that's been limiting the production of your people, the projects that they work on, and the clients that you serve. You interviewed for your position by presenting a new vision of where the organization could go. Your vision includes substantial technology migration and a bold move to replace core servers, database architectures, and a few other things to help people better perform and deliver. In other words, you got the job because you were focused on innovation and people. Now that you've been given the green light to make this happen, you need to make sure that it's going to happen smoothly with as little disruption as possible. Before you do anything, I'm going to suggest that you call our guest because our guest happens to be the National Technology Officer for Microsoft Canada. His reason for being is to help organizations and people across Canada innovate with technology while anticipating several years out so that they can avoid unintended consequences that might otherwise arise. He happens to lead Microsoft Canada's outreach for a variety of technologies that include economic development, privacy, security, government 3.0, accessibility, environmental sustainability, and interoperability. He also happens to be one of the best-dressed executives that I've ever met. It's my honor and a privilege to welcome you to the show today, John Weigel. It's great to have you here. Thank you for joining us on the show, my friend. Well, hey, Terry, it's always great to have a conversation with you. And quite frankly, I'm tickled that you asked me to be part of this podcast to share my thoughts on technology and leadership. The best dress thing, I've got to just add to that a little bit. You just have this awesome, distinctive wardrobe and my wife is always after me saying, why do you always copy John? Be yourself. <laughs> but uh, I have to say, you definitely have my attention when it comes to the wardrobe, my friend. Very sharp dressed guy. Well, I think my kids are telling me just stop with buying the shirts. It's almost become a little bit of an addiction. The louder, the better. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, look, as National Technology Officer for Microsoft Canada, you happen to be in what I would say is probably one of the coolest jobs in the world, working for one of the world's most iconic corporate brands as well. I think we'd all like to find out a little bit more about the fuel that powers a guy like you. So let me ask you this, John, what leader inspires you and why? That's a great question. The fuel that drives me is really about what gets me up in the morning. It's the excitement that I get from meeting people and organizations across Canada doing great things through the use of technology and transforming the way that Canadians of all shapes and sizes interact together uh, in business and in the social life. When I think about leaders, 
which one leader inspires me most and why? For me, it's an amalgam. It's a number of different people, a number of different leaders. As I read management books, leadership books, I find there's one or two nuggets that I can pull from each one. And I try to mash them together, this great big mashup. And so identify with military leaders, Colin Powell or General Hillier here in Canada, right. you know, action oriented, straight talk, transparency. You know, so I like that part of it. Perhaps it's a little bit because I was in the Canadian forces for many years and like that aspect. I like business leaders. I look at Elon Musk and how he's changing the world with his Hyperloop and uh, the electric car. I look at Sachin Nadella, our CEO, and what he's doing around transforming the culture of Microsoft. And then I look a little bit further afield at the Dalai Lama, perhaps the Malala Yousafi. I look at the way that they're changing the world, the thought that they bring. And so I think we should all look to draw from the best examples that we have. Be a little bit critical because sometimes people do have those areas that they're looking to improve upon and then try to accommodate and bring those all together. I'm glad that you said that it's kind of a mashup of many different best practices out there because one of the things that I've always admired with you, John, is that you really have this balanced approach. You have the people skills that I think are so important with senior leadership. You also seem to have that visionary look where you can look many years down the road and anticipate what may be coming and what resources people have for more strategic thinking and planning and that sort of thing. But I also know that you're a guy who really gets things done. You've got people around you that are willing to go to the mat and get things done for you. Having that outlook where you've looked at many different leaders, I would say that it's really serving you well. Well, I appreciate that. I try to mimic the, the best behaviors and try to bring those things together when I'm meeting with people. You know, sometimes people think about technology as being a little bit abstracted out or just about the equipment or just about coding. And it's really about bringing people together. I think one of the biggest phenomena we see in technology today is this whole idea of social networking, social communities. And sometimes people say it's a lonely world where you just work through these social environments. I see them as empowering. I see them helping the disenfranchised find community and do great things. For me, there's that excitement that comes through about the great things that can happen and how people can be empowered through the use of these fantastic tools. Well, now you've set up a really good bridge for me. You know, I opened up the show talking about that scenario, asking our audience to imagine themselves running an organization that needs to make a dramatic technology shift. And this is part of the consulting and the help that you provide to people and organizations across the country to help them innovate. But it's only a small part of what keeps you busy. Tell us a little bit more about what you're doing at Microsoft and what that's doing for innovation and for people. At Microsoft, we're doing some fantastic things around this idea of digital transformation. And that almost sounds like something you'd see on a TV ad. Oh, we're here to empower your digital transformation. I help organizations and people take that step back out of the very, very busy lives that we have. You know, it seems that things are moving faster than ever before that we don't have time to take that breather and step back and look at what's happening in the world around us. And so I help them take that step back, look at the technologies that they might be using on a regular basis, and then ask them, how is this changing your life? And we're starting to see some of these changes happen, and we might not even recognize it. The mobile phone, the ability to take pictures from it and have an overlay of the world around us provides us this new way to look at the world around us new way of interacting, new way of doing business. We hear about the driverless vehicles, and so soon we'll be driven around the community instead of hands on the wheel, changing the way that we interact, changing the jobs that are there. And so this is not just 
from a technology perspective, but it's also changing business, changing the social dynamics. If we look at uh, ride sharing or apartment sharing, changing the way that we vacation or the way that we get from place to place. And so it's really helping people then find those connections between the technologies like artificial intelligence, like the Internet of Things, like big data, and make them real from a concrete example. And it's trying to take away the intimidation of those technologies. Change sometimes is a daunting thing. When there's so much happening at the same time, people may just simply want to say, I want to stay still. I want to keep the status quo. And I help the people be comfortable in moving things forward and finding out what's next. So you must deal with people that are experts in running the organization that they're in charge of or the group that they're in charge of, but may have that intimidation factor. But I also imagine that you can work with some people that, well, let's just say that their heads are very deep in the technology. And maybe I'm anticipating that what you bring to the table there is that forward thinking and anticipation for them. A little bit of of both. And certainly when I started in this role some 15 years ago, we spent a lot of time talking about the technology, the ones and the zeros, the electrical signals on the wire, almost an individual code. We found the conversation has now evolved and morphed. And we're talking with the C-level executive within an organization around what this means for their business, how they can capitalize uh, not only locally for the 36 million plus potential customers in Canada, to the 7 billion customers around the world. We help them understand. We help the individual service lines and business lines understand how technology is used, while at the same time helping the technology people move forward. One of the most exciting things, however, is talking with the HR departments within these organizations, because now more than ever, people are the most important part or most important asset of an organization. It's the brain power of the people. It's the willingness to go do attitudes of the people within the organization that really help organizations go further. One of the themes that we maintain on this show, John, is that leaders don't necessarily need to come from a corner office and have that business card to prove that they are an inspiring leader. In your case, I think that you lead in at least two different ways. One, as the National Technology Officer of Microsoft, you are a leader within that organization. Secondly, you're helping your clients every single day exploring the potential roadmaps that we were just talking about, the innovative technology ideas. So in this sense, you're serving as a leader to your clients as well and keeping Canadian business at the forefront of innovation globally. So here's what I'm curious about. What leadership philosophies and perspectives do you bring to the table in your role, both for your colleagues at Microsoft and for your clients in the organizations and governments that you serve. That's a little bit challenging for me, the engineer, to start talking about philosophies and uh, (laughs) things like that. So I went back and I did my research and tried to figure out, so what is it that I aspire to represent in my leadership skills or capabilities? And I'd love to say that transformational and helping people see the, the potential that's out there. Hopefully I inspire people to do great things and hopefully also to do innovative things. I believe that everybody has a voice and everybody can learn from everybody else. I was reminded of that when I was out in Winnipeg at a education conference and there were three entrepreneurs from high school that had a public speaking application. I'll give them a shameless plug here. Beyond VR is a application that allows young people to overcome their fears of public speaking. And they actually created an app that they shipped uh, with headset, with a nice box, and they were able to create that. And here you think that 
we've got the national technology officer from Microsoft coming in to talk with these young entrepreneurs. What's he going to tell them? I looked at it the opposite way and said, you know, what can they tell me? What can I learn from them and their experience? So it's about that connection with people. And it's about, you know, having the ability to break down the curse of knowledge. On the top of my whiteboard, I have written, embrace the audacity of inexperience. And it's to really learn the lessons from everybody that you encounter and then share that. I think that the other piece is always be positive, like this idea of positivity in the workplace and in the surroundings. As you're brainstorming, as you're trying to create new things, I'm reminded of an exercise a good friend of mine had me do with improv in the workplace. And what that exercise did was tell you that no is never an answer. Always yes and, and you're always building, you're always trying to be positive and try to bring that together. So always learning, always trying to understand what someone can help teach me and then bring that positivity back and share that out with others. So I have to pause for a second because I got to catch up to my handwriting. I've been scribbling notes like crazy because I think this is like going for my uh, unofficial PhD in leadership. Oh, no. (laughs) Embrace the audacity of inexperience. That's right. There's one that's definitely going to end up at the top of our write-up when we publish this one. Seems to me that you're a bit of a servant leader. That's what sort of comes out to me. You're connecting with people and engaging them through inspiration about looking for potential about what could be. I love that group that you're talking about from Manitoba. Yeah, Beyond VR. Beyond VR. I think you and I were chatting about this one at some previous point. They're using virtual reality to help people with public speaking. Absolutely. To get over the nervousness of getting up on stage. I think that's brilliant. It was just a really cool idea because one of the contributors to the project had their own difficulties speaking in front of crowds and they found a way to make it seem as if you're in front of this audience and they can measure your voice inflection, the pace at which you're speaking, and they get a sense of whether or not you're looking up and looking down. So a great app to get people started with their public speaking, but then they have far broader aspirations. They want to sell this into organizations, so corporate organizations, so that they can help managers speak more comfortably in front of audiences and then do scorecarding and metrics and measurement across their whole workforce. And so they're talking about artificial intelligence and big data right from this early age. When we see the youth of Canada and the great potential that's there and actually doing this stuff, it really changes the mindset around all millennials are just sitting in coffee shops surfing the web these days. No, they're doing some fantastic things. There's definitely a theme with you, John, and it's connecting the dots for people between the potential of what they could be doing and where they're at today. So I think that that's kind of coming through over and over. As an executive coach and a presentation coach, I'm often approached by people looking to get that little extra edge or help with their presentations and public speaking. So I'm going to reach out to the folks too at Beyond VR. I'll put all of the links to them into the show notes as well. So a little shameless plug. From both of us here. They'll be tickled. (laughs) It's pretty great what they're doing. Okay, so now you've got my curiosity up. Are there any examples that you can provide us of what kind of work you may have been involved with with the client and what kind of a result those folks ended up getting? Well, you know, there's any number of examples of organizations that are trying to do innovative things within the organization. And the challenge is always how do you innovate while you keep the lights on? So you need to be able to conduct the business that you're conducting, but try new things. And so you can imagine if you're running a large manufacturing plant, you can't necessarily change the manufacturing 
process as it's going along and you're creating your products, but you want to try out new examples. And so I've worked with one organization where they said, look, we can't change the line of business that we're in because too many Canadians rely upon this service. But we want to test out some of these artificial intelligence tools within our organization and help our employees get at the information that they're looking for. So they were able to deploy what's called a chatbot, which is an automated agent that helps respond to chat questions around the HR system. And so the organization put that into place, was able to enter in the top uh, asked questions for the HR system, and then train this chatbot to be able to respond most effectively to those most commonly demanded requests and help the employees become far more productive than ever before. That's incredible. I mean, that's taking innovation to a whole new level. It's like writing innovation in all caps. <laughs> it, it, it definitely is. And you know what the greatest part is? I had the opportunity to go to a restaurant in Regina to see this innovation story play itself out in a completely different industry. So the restaurateur was having a hard time making ends meet because the city that he was in had seen a little bit of a depression in attendance. And so he wanted to change the menu, but his customers really wanted to maintain those tried and true favors that they had there. So he found he was constrained in doing so. He ended up going out buying a food truck and he was going to try his luck at a new menu in the food truck. So he did that for a few months and found that uh, that wasn't working out for him either. He then pivoted and used that food truck for a catering business. And now he has a mobile catering business that complements his restaurant business. And the lesson learned there is that you can do this innovation outside of your normal business practice in a safe place. You can then learn lessons from that innovation in a way that's not going to disrupt your business all too much, and then pivot and find that new opportunity in that new space. So the lesson learned is that you shouldn't be afraid to learn some lessons, but then be able to be agile to change it up and find where that new opportunity exists. You're highlighting something that I've heard from you in the past. And that is that you travel a fair amount. How much do you travel, John? I've been across the country. It's almost like that uh, Johnny Cash song, uh, I've been everywhere, man. <laughs> so I've been from Cape Spear to Victoria, BC. I was up in Iqaluit last fall. I've been across this great country of ours about 80% of the time that uh, I spend on the road. But I have to tell you, it is so empowering and invigorating to go out and talk with Canadians that are doing some fantastic things. We as Canadians are a humble bunch. We don't like to thump our chest and uh, promote all the innovation that's happening here. But I have to tell you, there's a ton of innovation that's happening across this country in every region. Every province has its own fair share of innovation. I'm just happy to be able to share those great stories that I encounter. It's a pleasure to have you here with us to help all of us become even better by learning from you, John. So, before we let you go, I got two big questions for you. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, what challenges you see facing many of the leaders out there today? That's a great question. And I see what you see is consistent across uh, organizations is the inertia within organizations. Organizations come to being around a particular business model or particular service offering and the people that are there. People get comfortable in the way that they're doing business. They dislike change. And so how do you make people change? How do you change the culture? We've seen that within our own organization, as uh, Sachin Adela has been changing the culture of the organization from a know-it-all organization to a learned organization, and really making us work better together and to be humble in our service of our customers. And so we are only successful if our customers are successful. And so I think that is something that all leaders are looking at to make sure that their business is not disrupted. If we look at the retail sector, 
If we look at the manufacturing sector, every sector for that matter, there are disruptions coming. How do you help your organization, the people there, meet the new challenge that they're being faced with? You just highlighted something that really got my attention, and that's the lifelong learning and the innovation that's going on at Microsoft. Hats off to you guys for that. It's really amazing seeing what's happening in this organization to keep it at the absolute forefront of technology. It must be an amazing place to work. It's an exciting, exciting time. I know that myself and my coworkers are jazzed about what's coming up in the future, what we can do today and what is coming tomorrow. So I've got a last question for you, John. What does inspired leadership mean to you? Inspired leadership, it's a passion to make a difference. Make a difference to the people that immediately surround you. And I would argue to make a difference to the world. Now, I firmly believe that Canada is the best country in the world. We get to live in this fantastic place. And with the internet, we can project our know-how around the world. Canada punches above our own weight when it comes to innovation and the great things that are happening here. And so I'd like to end on a mashup of Richard Florida and Thomas Friedman. You can live in a place that you love and you can project your know-how around the world. So it's harnessing that passion and then channeling it so that you can inspire others. Well, there you have it. Another inspiring leader that we can all learn from. Thank you sincerely, John Weigelt, for joining us here today and for sharing your ideas, your perspectives, and your stories with us. Folks, it's your support that helps us attract awesome guests like John. And by taking just a few minutes right now, you can help build that momentum. Make John's day, right, John? You want to have your day made. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Head on over to iTunes, folks. And if you're not there already, then pop on over there and leave us a rating. The higher ratings we get, the better it is for people to find us. And that means the easier it is for us to get great guests like John Weigelt. John, love the stories that you put forward today. Well, thanks, Terry. I love sharing them. And I think it's through the storytelling that uh, we can make a difference. On that note, our guest next week is going to be Ed Bielat. Ed is coming to us from a company called Beyond Consulting, and he's going to be talking about storytelling. So a nice bridge on that one. No doubt. Tune in next week for some tips on storytelling. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in and for lending your ears. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you all again next week, and bye for now.